Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports, and it's a bit of a somber day here at the Crossover Podcast, because this is our last football podcast of the season. Craig Needles is here. How's it going, Craig? Great. All right. And Bill is also here. One last time before we before we take off into the into the sunset for yet another football season. How you going? How you doing, Bill? I'm doing just fine, thank you, sir. Yeah, it's 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 a much nicer day. I mean, because obviously the Patriots lost. Great stuff. Yeah, but I, I will say, Colby Bryant celebrating on the internet kind of fucking ruined the thing for me when I saw that afterwards. That that <laughs> took me down about it. Like like I was I was high. I was high. Like we were making Brady jokes on Twitter. Everybody's having a good time. Philly's destroying the city. I mean, it was all great. And then I saw Kobe Bryant celebrating, and it just oh man, it really mm-hmm. sour really soured me. But then I saw him celebrating with all of his uh, all of his friends, and it uh, you know perked me right back up. Um, yeah, hell of a game. Uh, man, some breaking news we got to get to too. Uh, I mean, just. We'll get into we'll get into the to, to the Super Bowl game right now. I want to talk about this breaking news. Uh, Craig Needles, Josh McDaniels is not heading to the Colts as of a couple hours ago. Yeah, that's uh, pretty interesting. Um, and you know, we already seen the anonymous executives quoted saying it was massively unprofessional uh, for him to do this the way that he has, and that's absolutely true. Yeah, which it, it was. was. If I were if I were an NFL team that was considering hiring McDaniels next, you know what? I don't even know if I would interview him. Mm-hmm. Truly, I don't know if I would even interview this guy because the Colts had been waiting, obviously, for a couple weeks. They could have had a coach three weeks ago, yeah. but they're waiting for the Patriots season to end. All of a sudden that happens. They don't win. And McDaniels decides to stay. It's just it's remarkably unprofessional. And if I, I can understand now, that said, I want to be very clear. Bad things happening to the Ursay family. That's never going to make me sad, but <laughs> it was very, 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 very unprofessional. It was very unprofessional, and uh, like I said, if I were a different NFL team, I would not hire Josh McDaniels. That said, they may not get the chance because one may have been led to believe, it depends on who you read on, on the internet, that uh, perhaps this is going to be Bill Belichick's last season and McDaniels gets the keys after this year in New England. Yeah, that's basically the two theories everybody's been able to kick around for this one are... Like you just said, Bilicek is going to hang up after a year or whatever, and then McDaniels then gets to drive the bus. The other is that McDaniels <laughs> either had his boys or some other boys or somebody's medical staff took a look at Andrew Luck's shoulder and said, nope. And then yep. McDaniels was like, well, I'm out of here, because that's the only reason. The only reason you would go to the Colts right now is if... Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck is obviously a big part of it. Yeah. But this thing was done enough that the Colts official Twitter account said, we're going to be live streaming the Josh McDaniels press yeah. conference tomorrow. Like, this was done enough that it was like, it wasn't just like reported by Adam Schefter that McDaniels was going to the Colts. The Colts were telling people publicly, McDaniels is coming to the Colts. Yeah. And then yeah. he pulls the plug. Yeah. Definitely a dick move. Absolutely a dick move. Which, it was the move I was actually fearing with the... Uh... With the with my Lions and, and Matt Patricia because I was getting a little bit excited about uh, Patricia coming to uh, 
coming to Detroit, and I, I, I was afraid that this is how it was going to go down for us, quite frankly, is that he pulled the plug at the last minute. But uh, fortunately, it hasn't gone down like that so far. Um, um, yeah, now, you, let's talk about the game, then we can talk about Matt Patricia, because if I were, like, look, I understand they didn't have the best chess pieces in the world no. to move around the board against Philadelphia, but uh, that was not a masterful play-calling performance by Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia. Those guys were badly beat, badly beat by Doug Peterson in that football game. I, I and, like, it's, that's not a hot take. The Eagles scored 41 points, but, yeah, it was bad. Oh, I absolutely agree, but, I mean, we, we all know that one game does not a coach make. Oh, of course, of course. I'm not saying that the Lions should have cut bait on Matt Patricia yeah. because of what happened. Of course not. But, yeah, that just uh, that was not probably how Matt Patricia wanted to go out as the Patriots defensive coordinator by giving up 41. It's true. Uh, but, I mean, like, I, and there was a little bit of revisionist history being done. It seemed like the, Pat, the, the Pats fans, because they couldn't look at Brady and go, oh, Brady didn't make that play or Brady didn't make this play, although he did have the drop, which we'll get to. But, I mean, he still also had over 500 yards and three touchdown passes. No interceptions. So they couldn't blame Brady. There was nobody who, who you know, fumbled the ball, and there was nobody who, who dropped the pass. Brady did both of those things, but, again, you can't blame Brady. So it seemed like all the Pat- Patriots fans uh, went after Patricia and then had this revisionist history where they were trying to talk themselves. Like, they were going through the stages of, of you know, denial, right? And then... Uh, as the Patriots fans were going through the anger stage, they decided that all of the vitriol and revisionist history was going to go after Matt Patricia as if he didn't get this team to the Super Bowl with, you know, scotch tape and some semi-decent yeah. play calling, right? Like, it was it was just like, I, I think he's going to work. I, I at least think he'll be somewhat decent, right? It was just, yeah. the whole flow of the game was weird. It it reminded me so much of a college football game. Like, it was a college football game we watched in the Super Bowl there. There were trick plays, no defense being played, both teams scored 30-plus points. It, was, it wasn't just a college football game. It was a Big 12 college football game. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, there was one punt in the game, I think? Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure it was one. Yeah, there, there was one well, punt. Well, you're the one that bet money on punts, so you would think you would know. <laughs> <laughs> How'd those work out, by the way, Bill? Uh, let's see. The longest touchdown was longer than the first yardage of the first punt. Oh, so that's not and that's only the, punt. The, the, yeah, the first and only punt. <laughs> oh. oh, man, that's ridiculous. I still can't believe you did that. It was funny, though, because one of the props we talked about last week was will a field goal kick hit the upright? And boy, howdy, did it ever. Like, oh. <laughs> that one came off, and I was like, oh, my God, there it is. Three bar being played by Gostkowski on on that game, um, yeah, it was it was just such a it, it, it was just such a, a a weird like it was such a weird game, and I'm not sure what the what the Patriots could have done to actually win it because in my it, just in my opinion though like the game was lost in two plays and both of them were fourth down conversions by the. They were both fourth and one conversions by the uh, by the by the Eagles. Now the one to Ertz and obviously the yeah. uh, ballsiest call in the history of the Super Bowl. Yeah. So you have that as the ballsiest as as, as the ballsiest call. Yes, the because if the onside kick goes wrong, mm-hmm. like everyone's like, oh yeah, you're being aggressive. You want to take possession away from Peyton Manning because yeah. you know that year the Colts' offense was just like lighting it up. So I, I think that would have been under somewhat understandable. Um, 
that people would have been like, okay, it didn't work out, but you know, good try. I think that if, like, let's just say Foles drops that pass, yeah. or there's a fumble in the backfield as Clement's handing the ball to Trey Burton or something, I think people would have been wanting. Like the city of Philadelphia was was going to burn to the ground no matter how the result of that play went, but it yeah. would have been a much angrier burning yeah. if that play was not did not work out. Like basically, I think like Philadelphia obviously embarrassed the shit out of itself as soon as that game was over. But I'm glad that. I, I believe the death total, as of we know it, was zero. If they'd have yeah. lost that game, Stop, everyone. <laughs> yeah, if, if they lost that game, the death toll would have been more than zero. Zero, yeah. Like it's just so. I guess, I suppose they're a good thing, but still, that was that was a completely embarrassing performance put on by the by the city of Philadelphia after that win, which is kind of a shame because it, it was it was a big moment. Like, how many titles do they have in Philadelphia history? I'm thinking like three. And then the Eagles are the team that they obviously care about the most in that city, right? Like, I mean, God bless them. I know they love their Flyers and their and their Phillies, but uh, yeah. but the Eagles are, are number one with a bullet in that city, I would imagine. Um, man, I just I love how I think that Nick Foles trick play touchdown catch is probably going to live forever. It may become the most famous play to ever happen in the history of the Super Bowl. Like, I think it'll be right up there with the Tyree helmet catch as far as the amount of times we see it from here yep. till, the, till the end of time. And I love, love, love the fact that every time I look at that, I see that play, I'm going to be reminded of how the fact that it was the first time I had three prop bets come come it come in because of one single play. It was so wow. fucking glorious. Yeah, because I had... I had the because uh, obviously I came on this podcast last week and one of the ones I always recommend are is the uh, shortest touchdown under one and a half and that was a one yard play. Uh, yep. I also had will there be a fourth down con- uh, like a conversion on fourth down at some point of the game that was a fourth down play, and mm-hmm. I had the will there be a score in the final two minutes of the first half <laughs> and, wow. there, and there was that play. So as that like obviously when they were lining up for that play and for that fourth down I was like oh my god I have so much riding on. And they, then, they could like, you have hit? Uh, could you have hit somebody other than Brady and Foles throw a pass too there? If you bet it. Oh yeah, it just had to be a score. Yeah, because that would that was the fourth person to throw a pass in that game. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dole already threw one. Yeah. 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 There was that prop too as well. So if, if you bet on that, I never take that one though because that always seems like a sucker bet to me. But it came yeah, through, you, yeah, it came, I, came through yeah. this year. So yeah, good, good for you. Uh, what was the uh, the best prop bet you won all weekend, Bill? Probably the, uh, you know what, I, I don't know if you want to talk about it. It's the same one I bet every week, every year, and it's the field goal yardage. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I mean, as long as you win it, Bill, if you're going to bet field goal. I, I didn't bet many long odds. I bet a couple safe bets, nothing crazy. Okay. What about you, Craig? What was your what was your big uh, prop bet that came through this? Uh, uh, well, the one that paid the, the most is I bet uh, me and uh, my brother-in-law bet $20 on Nick Foles to win Super Bowl MVP. So. Nice, nice. That was helpful, uh, and that paid almost five to one. The under uh, on your jersey number came through too, didn't it? Under on my jersey number came through. Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey first touchdown came through. Yes, but and I, I know like I gave back a lot of my winnings on the Justin Timberlake halftime. <laughs> did, did you now? Because like, oh, Prince came through. You, did you bet against that? Because I bet I didn't bet against Prince, but I bet the filthy wouldn't be the first song, and I bet that at some point Justin Timberlake would wear a hat. 
Oh, I have no hat for... Uh... I can't believe you could have stolen that hat from that stupid selfie kid. Yeah. Did he have a hat? I just remember he had... The <laughs> uh, selfie kid, oh, I don't remember. It doesn't yeah, matter. He's just stolen a hat from someone. Yeah, that's all I remember. I'm just glad selfie kid didn't take off like the way I'm sure selfie kid wanted it to. Um, <laughs> like, it, like, it's, like selfie kid is not enjoying the, the 15 minutes of fame that left shark did way back in... Uh, <laughs> no. In uh, years back. Um... Jeez, I mean, you just you got to give it up to Doug Peterson in this game, right? Just the like, the sack to go for it on fourth. That like, you've got to take plays. This is what the Jaguars didn't do one week ago, right? Oh or yeah, two weeks ago. Peterson like, Peterson knew full well. He yeah. knew the way like they, they had had a couple of stops early, but he knew that the Patriots had kind of stopped themselves. Mm-hmm. And he said to himself, you know what? We need seven points. We don't need three because we're gonna have a real hard time stopping these guys in the second half. Yeah, he knew it, and he was right. They did have a real hard time stopping those guys in the second half. There, there, there wasn't a turnover until the, the second-last Patriots drive of the game uh, for good reason because these two offenses weren't stopped. Uh, there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven scoring drives for, for uh, the two teams combined in the second half of the game. There were seven. There were 14 scoring drives for the two teams combined in the entire game. It was yeah, just uh, absolutely... Uh, absolutely crazy Super Bowl, and it was a glorious one to watch. Yeah, the back, like the only thing that kind of wor- ruined it for me was like, at no point did I honestly think that uh, until Brady fumbled the football, at no point did I think the Patriots were losing the game. So I, I, yeah. I, I thought that there was there was a couple of spots uh, mm-hmm. when it was twenty nine to nineteen, early in the third quarter, the Eagles had uh, the Eagles had a third down, a couple of third downs on that drive that wound up being a Chris Hogan touchdown from Tom Brady. Yeah. They had a couple of third downs in that drive. And I said to myself, I believe, and one of them was, uh, and I said to myself, you know what, if the, the Patriots can get them off the field here, if the Eagles can get them off the field here, the Eagles have shown no propensity being stopped today. This is going to become a three score game and that'll be it because it's going to be too late for them to pull off anything crazy in the fourth quarter. But the Patriots converted each of those third downs, and they whittled that lead back down to three. And that's obviously when I thought to myself, all right, this this is in the in the danger zone here. And I, I texted you after the Ertz touchdown when that was ruled a score, and that two-point conversion wasn't good. And I'm like, oh, no, down by five. With two minutes and twenty one seconds left, like I've I've seen the Super Bowl before. Yeah. I know how this works yeah. out. Yeah, Twitter collectively went went on there and said, "Well, we know what's about to happen, right?" And we were all wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, what that was a yeah. great play. The Eagles defensive line, which I thought was going to be one of the big mismatches in the game, it turns mm-hmm. out the biggest mismatch in the game was the Eagles offensive line against yeah. uh, the Patriots D line, um, and the non Stephon Gilmore pa- uh, Patriots cornerbacks did not have a great day, which. Makes you wonder why Malcolm Butler didn't get on the field, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, the biggest match that I thought was going to happen was I thought the Eagles defensive line was going to overpower New England a little bit. That is that is not what occurred in this football game. Uh, the Patriots scored 33 points, and if they had had a couple of plays over, if Brandon Cooks is able to make one guy miss, if Tom Brady doesn't drop one football, um, this, this game could have easily, well, not could have easily, would have had both teams scoring in the 40s. So the Eagles defensive line was not the difference maker I thought it was going to be, but eventually the big plates did come through and uh, uh, they really they, they essentially needed one play all day to win that game and they got it. Yeah, that Tom Brady drop, uh, everybody took to Twitter to make the same joke second <laughs> Tom Brady yeah, dropped that yeah. football. Well, I just... catch the ball and catch the ball. <laughs> exactly. Everybody went back to 2011 to, 
to clown Giselle in that moment with the old, uh, <laughs> my husband can't catch and throw the ball at the same time. It was just, oh boy. It was like, mm. That was also a bad throw by Amendola. Put a little too much air under it, so Brady had to... Oh, also... Brady should have had that, though. Yeah, Brady, yeah. Also, like, there was a few plays where I was just like, I realize he's Tom Brady, but he's also 40 years old, Tom Brady. And that was one of them. Like, watching Brady run down the sidelines, like, even if he caught that, he wasn't going to score. And there was so he much had a daylight. Lot of space. Oh, yeah, but he was going to gain... He probably like... would have got tracked down. Yeah, if he, if he caught it, he was gaining at least another 15, but he was at, like, 25, I think. I think he would have got it inside the 10, but he was not scoring a touchdown there despite a clear path to the end zone because, boy, was he slow. And the other <laughs> one was there was a play sometime in the third or the fourth where one of the times the Eagles actually stopped the Patriots, there was like a third and uh, there was a moment where Tom Brady should have run out of bounds, but he didn't, and he got caught from behind and tackled, and it was like, yeah, you're still Tom Brady and you're great, but uh, you know that's, you're, you're 40 years old and you were never exactly fleet of foot to begin with, right? And yeah, there was there was some definite uh, there was some definitely heavy feet when Tom Brady was running down the sidelines during that trick play. That was. Uh, Rather strange. Brady definitely should have had that, though. Good lord. Um, uh, what, what was your uh, Bill? What was what was your uh, moment you'd like to talk about in this in this game? Um, you know what? I, I I think it generally cover to cover was a pretty darn good game. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the the whole fourth quarter, I think with uh, and if Philadelphia maintained the lead for I think all of the fourth quarter the patriots were up by one point for three minutes and 33 seconds yeah the amount of times that Foles was able to i could have sworn they were going to settle for three and they managed to turn it into seven um that Ertz catch was exactly like that for me i could have sworn that they were going to settle for three there um that was the difference right there i think and Foles played really freaking well. And I thought, you know, when he torched the Vikings D, I thought, you know what, he had a lucky game. Not going to happen again. And he absolutely played just as well as he did the week before. So it says something about him because not many backup quarterbacks can win a football game in this league. In the Super Bowl. Right. Um, and that, well, the Eagles have some interesting decisions to make because the prognosis on Carson Wentz is not good. And there's a chance that Carson Wentz is going to miss a couple of games next year, uh, if not more than that. So I don't know if the Eagles can in good conscience trade Foles unless they want to essentially punt the first couple of weeks of next season. Depends on who they get to be, play quarterback. Oh, but I mean, you wouldn't need somebody that's lights out football. I mean, you still have the Eagles team. you got a great defense. Yeah, you got a strong true. wide receiver core. You could get a game manager in there who can win one out of two. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose we're going to have to see a little closer to the draft what the situation is, but uh, uh, it's just not a slam dunk that Nick Foles doesn't play for the Eagles next season is what I'm saying. I I think he will because I just – he's got, what, one year left on the deal. And, uh, I mean, there's this whole – another thing that's, I think, making it so that Foles will be back is that weird uh, Blake Bortles hand injury thing that's going on like they're gonna have to apparently be forced to re-sign Blake Bortles at 19 million next year which is disgusting if you're running the Jacksonville Jaguars right now but like I don't know obviously the 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 popular thing to do with Foles will be I think people are gonna say to go in there and uh, obviously shop him because Carson Wentz is what 23 even though he's coming off a knee injury you still want to go with the younger guy but I, I don't see if you like you can still trade him. Like, 
I, like I think you can still trade him midseason. In, in in I realize that's unorthodox in the National Football League, but I, for I, a quarterback, that's a that's a tough sell for me. I I, I mean I don't know. I I think people, there's if as long as you can trade him with the guarantee that he would re-sign, which you can do in in the National Football League. I I think, but uh, it depends on on where where the Eagles are in terms of personnel. Like I I don't know how their roster is going to shake shake out going forward. But if if I had my guess, I th- I think they hang on to Foles. But like. The downside of hanging on to Foles is if, like you said, if Wentz comes back, let's say Wentz comes back week four, and the Eagles are three and zero, and then yeah. you know Wentz doesn't look so great, then all of a sudden you got the Wentz will be coming off a torn ACL, and yeah, there'll be a massive quarterback controversy. Exactly right, and uh, that's the one thing you don't want. So that's why I think I'd advocate Ford trading for Nick Foles because I don't think you want to go in with the with the controversy plus you're gonna get max value for him right now and that's that's it right there for me like you're never gonna get a better return on that trade than right now yeah uh, you look at everybody who just came off a super bowl victory where when it comes to two dueling quarterbacks you could argue that Foles won that battle against tom brady like uh, i think you could easily get a pretty petty for him now and you know you come back he's two and one he's looked okay he's thrown a pick you don't get nearly as much yeah, no, I, I I think the scary thing about this is the Eagles roster can be stronger. Yeah. After, after the Eagles have a great yeah. roster. There, that's mm-hmm. uh, I, I know it seems silly to say that this one's rule, but uh, they're, they're deep in just about every place you want to be deep. They they were missing an all-pro left tackle in Jason Peters. They still won the Super Bowl. They were missing an MVP caliber quarterback in Carson Wentz, and they still won the Super Bowl. There's, this is a great roster, a lot of great players on it who are signed up for next year. They don't have a lot of guys who are free agents. And they could, let, let's just say they add, like, Maybe they add a late first for Foles. Who knows? Uh, there's 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 a lot to like about uh, the position the Eagles are in here. <sighs> Super Bowl odds for next year came out, and the Patriots were favored at five to one. How does how does that grab you? Uh, there's obviously a lot that has to happen between now, but I can see why they would be. Now, here's what I will say: We saw the all the stories like maybe this is Brady's last game, Belichick's last game. Yeah. The one guy who was really, really couching his statements as to who is, whether he's played his last football game or not on the weekend was Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. And obviously, and if he's not around, that is a real problem. I, I I think, I, I think he'll be back next year. I don't, I don't think like, I think that was a lot of him just like, you know, I just lost a football game and people were asking him and he, he was just like, I got to think about it. Plus he got robbed the other day. So, you know, he might, he might need some cash. Which, yeah. That's terrible. He can still yeah. get endorsements eating Tide Pods. That's or true. Not yeah. eating Tide Pods. Eating well, Tide whichever Pods. way he gets his deal. Yeah. Um, that is terrible, though. Whoever broke into Gronk's house, go screw yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just I think that I I think uh, I completely agree with you that if if Gronkowski isn't coming back, like like to me I think if Gronkowski doesn't come back then like. Belichick might just go, all right, I'm out, <laughs> right? Because, yeah. like, that guy is just, like, we talk about Tom Brady, but Gronk, Jesus, is he important to everything? He's really important to what they do. And, uh, and yeah, uh, now, obviously, if it was Gronkowski-related, the retiring early would be due to the fact that he's had some concussions and... Various you know, other injuries. Various other injuries, and doesn't want to continue playing the game for fear of having his brain scrambled when he, when he goes... Uh, forward in life 
So I wouldn't begrudge Gronkowski. I, I mean, I it would suck because I would miss watching him play, even though it's it's in that filthy, filthy uniform that he wears. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't begrudge it one bit if he if he walked away. I don't think he will. I think he's going to give it one more. I, I think this whole Patriots setup, especially with the McDaniel's coming back, I think they're going to give it one last, at least one last kick at the can. Because <laughs> I, I I know Brady and and. Belichick don't want to go out kind of getting I don't want to use the word embarrassed is probably too strong but yeah yeah they got they got worked a little bit in that they got outplayed yeah I'd say like like Brady got out it just came down to this the Eagles defense at some point made a play and the Patriots defense never ever did that's true yeah that's exactly what it is which uh, that was the difference yeah it which goes back to our statement earlier saying that it was a it was an absolute college bowl game out there because like it was just a high-scoring bowl game, and then one defense finally made a friggin' play, right? Yeah. yeah no, that's it, when, yeah. At some point, the the Patriot defense just never made a play, yeah. and they lost the game. Yeah, and that might be. Hopefully, that's not because entirely, you know, because of the guy who is now coaching my football team. But uh, what are you gonna do? I also look well, at- Peterson, like that was just so much. Not just the fools thing, but so much mm-hmm. that was masterful play calling. Yeah, and they they knew in the first half. Okay, we're wearing those guys down, so we're gonna run the ball at the middle. And you saw a lot of like Garrett Blunt at the middle. You saw a lot of Jay Ajayi at the middle. The second half, that wasn't there anymore. The Patriots clamped down on that. So. Uh, Peterson says, okay, so we're going to be running some, uh, you know, screens to Clement, and we're going to be running some of the shorter stuff. We're going to try to get Zach Ertz more involved in the second half, which they did. Uh, Just masterful play calling in so many ways, finding interesting, clever ways to get guys open. And and that, to me, is perhaps where the Patriots got work the most. And clearly there was a talent disparity between the Eagles' offense and the Patriots' defense. There's no doubt there. But the the way the Patriots got worked was they just got out thought I think on the sidelines. Yeah, I, the the fourth and one with six minutes left I think is was was also the like it was even guttier than the than the the fourth and goal play the the trick play. It I was, it was the, the the throw was the gutsy part of that. Yeah, like to, I'm just gonna work this into this window. Yeah, and there were a couple of different ones. It wasn't that one, but where they had you know Clement running in motion and it looked as though the ball was going. Everyone in the stadium thought, okay, the ball is going to Clement, and then it gets dumped underneath to Aguilar. A couple different things. They only mm-hmm. I, I love when they do this. They only ran it once in the game, but the play where Aguilar comes across the motion uh, comes across the formation rather, and it looks like he's just going to to be a decoy some kind of. All of a sudden, he gets handed the ball on a little bit of a jet sweep. Like, mm-hmm. I love when they run that play. And that only got them, I think, eight, nine yards. But I, I felt as though the Patriots were really, really prepared for that type of stuff. And the Eagles knew that. So they're like, okay, we're going to do stuff that looks like this, but isn't this. It was really, really well done. Yeah, there were reports that they had looked at what the Jaguars had gotten to, you know, basically what the Patriots gave the Jaguars and, and, and what the Jaguars had success with. Yeah, and so they, the, the the Eagles decided not to run the ball the middle for one yard repeatedly. Yeah, I mean strategy. Yeah, <laughs> basically, right? Yeah, but like, I mean, the the plays. I mean, you know, we bag on the Jaguars, but they did have some plays that that worked to great success. The problem was when I mean the Jaguars got conservative in the fourth quarter. They got gutless and they didn't want to let Bortles like they didn't want to give Bortles a chance to throw a pick so they got conservative right instead of going for a, a kill shot um and I realize it's it's a bit uh you know ostentatious to say that you know the Jaguars didn't go for it when a year earlier the Falcons you know kept going for the kill shot when it was like what are you doing the difference there is the clock was their best friend in that game 
yeah. and the Falcons chose not to use their best friend, as opposed to the Jaguars, who was like they needed one last kill shot in order to put the game away, and just couldn't do it right. And then I mean, yeah, uh, and but I mean that that fourth and one with about six minutes left when they were down by one, and and like. All, and it was just like I was sitting there looking. They missed the third and one, and then it was fourth and one, and and they were on their own like forty three or something like that. And I'm just looking at the time, and I'm saying you have to go for it here, because worst case scenario, you don't get it. Tom Brady takes it down and scores. You're still only down eight with probably about four minutes left, right? And you can see yeah. you're still a one possession game. Best case scenario, you get it and you're still going, and the Patriots don't have the ball, but you cannot punt there like you just no. cannot punt the ball and they didn't and peterson yeah. was super aggressive that stuff all season yes he absolutely was and, and it was it was just a masterful for performance and when he went for it with the fourth and one and he saved all of his all of the best high leverage plays I, well i don't know if high leverage is the word but they but they're just their best like i the, really the, th- think this gives us a chance to to gain a lot of yards plays right and just yep yeah they never got to Foles, the Patriots. That was the other thing. I don't think I, I think Foles felt the pressure maybe once, and he was able to just take two steps to the left, and he's like, "Okay, I'm okay now." And yeah, man, I, yeah, it's just strange. I never seen the Patriots kind of get. Uh, yeah, they got worked a little bit on the sidelines in that game. I thought. What was your take on Malcolm Butler, Bill? Or... Uh, like in general. Yeah, like what do you, what do you think? What do you, what, what do you think happened? Which time? Well, just, yeah. it, it, like the fact that he wasn't, wasn't out there for yeah. a lot of the game. For yeah. me, well, yeah. I, I didn't read too much into it. I'd assume he couldn't be out there because he couldn't be out there. I mean, I well, can't imagine you're doing anything other than that. Well, that's that's what Butler said after the game that there were all these rumors that he had broken curfew and that's why he's only playing special teams. Butler said that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Belichick said we, we put the guys out there we thought gave us the best chance to win. Um, Eric Rowe got beat badly on yeah. the Alshon Jeffrey touchdown. Uh, uh, and he didn't have a great game the rest of the time either. So I was a little bit confused by uh, by that. Um, Butler obviously has been a pretty good cornerback from New England. He burst onto the scene with that crazy play at the end of the Seattle Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he's done as a Patriot now. That's for sure. Yeah. But do you- I mean, you can't possibly imagine Belichick would take him out of there for spice. No, something something crazy happened because Belichick has played a lot of guys who have done questionable things and not had a problem with it. So either something ridiculous happened or Belichick legitimately believed, based on the two weeks of practice that Roe gave them a better chance to win. It wasn't week two versus the Jets. You know, this is not someone pulled them out for. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, it wasn't that at all. Um, it was there, 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 there was something that went on that we don't know about at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was obviously surprised that he that he wasn't out there. That was I I legitimately thought, and I don't want to start spreading rumors here. I I want to say that this this is something that I thought, and I have absolutely zero evidence to substantiate this. But I like it's just from from me having lived and breathed in this world. I honestly thought that like Butler had done something stupid, like he got drunk the night before, and Belichick noticed he was hungover. Just something stupid like that. Yeah, I don't think you like know? he swears up and down that wasn't the case. The case? No, obviously yeah. that's exactly what he would say. Mm-hmm. 
But based on the the Instagram post that he made, which and I don't know if this was photoshopped or whatnot, but I think Tom Brady liked it. Yeah. Um, based on the Instagram post that he made, I, I it'd be awful bold of him to go around saying that nothing like that ever happened. I was in bed by whatever time I was with, with my family the night before, mm-hmm. and because here's the thing, if he was out partying somewhere, that picture's on the internet somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and that's going to surface. That's true. I, I mean, I just, I don't know what it was. It, it's, it's all rumors at this point, but mm-hmm. something obviously happened because I, I can't, because I mean, not that Malcolm Butler was like some sort of great cornerback. I mean, any any Patriots fan will tell you that, you know, basically having to keep Malcolm Butler on the team has been their comeuppance for his fantastic play hey, against the Seahawks. Guys- you know who I thought had the worst performance of the night, though? Uh, Chris Collinsworth was, was, oh, he was, he was all kinds of bad. And I'm not, I'm not a Collinsworth hater. I, I, I think he's, he's fine, but, oh, he, he, he turned in a bad, he turned in a bad performance on this one. Basically got every close call wrong. Wasn't even close. Yeah. And, and yeah. kept saying. Someone was saying, like, why, why doesn't NBC have a Mike Pereira or a Dean Blandino like all the other networks do? Now that of course doesn't necessarily matter because mm-hmm. those guys get stuff wrong all the time too. Yeah. Uh, who but was, yeah. who was the guy who used to get it wrong all the time for, uh, for, oh. for CBS? Oh God. Yeah, I forget. They put a prop bet up a couple years ago. Will he get yeah. a call wrong? And then he did. Oh God. Uh, what was the name of the guy? I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to look that up. He just tapped yeah. this for a little bit for me. Chris. Yeah. Well, oh. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was not, uh, it was not the best Collinsworth day. Now uh, I, the other the other person who I thought uh, did not necessarily have their, uh, their 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 best day either, and I think this changed a, a little bit of the game, but not that the Patriots wouldn't have scored um, a lot of points. Obviously, they did anyway. But Brandon Cooks going out the way that he did, I think that significantly altered the New England game oh, plan. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike Carey, by the way, was the uh, oh Mike Carey, yes, yeah, yes. Mike Carey was the guy who always got it wrong. Yeah, that that Brandon Cooks one. Um, what was your take on that one, Bill? Did you think it was a dirty hit? Because like it was. Oh. It, it was no, a little... think... Go ahead. You had no idea which way his momentum was going to be. He was kind of yeah. shifting back when he took that hit. Like, yeah, uh, he just came out of nowhere. He led with his shoulder. It didn't look like there was any malicious intent there, but God, that looked like it hurt. Yeah, you could actually see when they on some of the replays, you could actually see the spirit leaving. You know, <laughs> leaving Brandon Cooks's body yeah. at one point, it was like that. But like stars in his eyes and the birds over his head. Oh, it was bad. Like, but Brandon Cooks did this thing where he caught it. He ran two yards upfield and then turned right, ran two yards that way. It was like nope, and then tried to do like a three sixty turnaround, and and it was at yeah. that point that he realized he had made a mistake, right? And yep. He, he should have just kept going forward and maybe taken the tackle because when he turned around, is it? Ooh. If Brandon Cooks was in the Dukes of Hazard, that's when the, the camera would have paused and yeah. the narrator would have come on. Like, uh oh, like, <laughs> yeah, be like, that like Cooks that boys in trouble down. again. Yeah, it looks like that Brandon Cooks is about to guess some air, and then boom. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, like, oh man, that was that was oh jeez, that was a bad one. Yeah. So, what were your take on 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 the two TDs? Because I'll I'll tell you this one or the two like 
Eagles ones that that, that were reviewed because the Earth's one wasn't even fucking close. That was a touchdown no. the whole way. And the fact that yeah. they reviewed it for like eight minutes had me so nervous that they were yeah. gonna pull that crap again and say that it wasn't again. Uh, like yeah. imagine the carnage in Philadelphia if that wasn't. And and Zach Ertz even said it on the stage after the game. He's like, oh, "It's a good thing that was a touchdown. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise Philadelphia would have seen some real carnage tonight." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're yeah. probably right, <laughs> but you still shouldn't say it." <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, Jeez, I didn't know you know, I didn't um, that. So, yeah, that one was for sure. The, the Clement one, I, I truly believe, could have gone either way. Yeah. And uh, I think that that's just that's when we just have to go with whatever's called in the field. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, to me, like, I, I honestly thought it was going to bring about this new thing of, like, when do the feet start counting? Because there's yeah. this thing where, like, he caught, he squeezed the ball and he already had his right foot down and he dragged it for, like, half a second or whatever and, and but the like, ball moved a little bit it looked like as he was dragging the foot yeah and then he got the left foot inbounds and then completely secured the ball and then his right foot was like a fraction touching the white you know he had like a shoelace on the white and, and i was just like oh god they're probably gonna overturn this and it's just they didn't which that one was yeah the the, the clement one was a a little more egregious to me, but like if they had overturned the Earths one, that would have been like a real like I would have been I would have tried to get to Philly and been like, let's tear this place apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> oh, that that would have been bad, yeah, because that like Kelsey was a runner the whole way and he broke the plane. And it's weird to say because that's another one of those because you know my my my, uh, my, my I, I guess my feud with the magical goal line because if if. Like, like, there's a very big difference between Ertz catching that on the two and him catching that in the end zone. Because if he caught that in the end zone, it wouldn't have been a catch. Correct. Nope. Which is, nope. is so... He established as a runner? Yeah. Yes, he established as a runner. And uh, people say, oh, what's the difference between that and the Jesse James one? There was a difference between that and the Jesse James one. James never did establish himself as a runner. Yeah. like Because he, he, he never... T- you know, he, all he did was lunge at the goal line. He didn't, like, run a couple of yards. And the other thing, this is the, the, the thing that was bizarre that Collinsworth missed. The reason that Ertz was airborne was because mm-hmm. a defender went at his feet after he had been running for a little bit. That matters. So, essentially, yeah. he was being tackled. He wasn't in the process of a catch. It, that was important as well. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, he just it, it wasn't a good night for for Collinsworth, and he kept saying crap like, "Well, you gotta expect that the Philadelphia, you know, defense is gonna wear down at some point." And it was like, "Well, why?" Right? Like, well, but it, what, what, what do you hard. mean by wear down? They've been yeah. giving up. They'd given up 500 passing yards. Exactly. Right. <laughs> like, like, what are you talking well, about? it's eventually yeah. gonna get worse. Like, yeah. actually, it's, it's it's pretty bad currently. Yeah, they're already <laughs> leaking like a sieve, right? Like, yeah. Oh like, man. Uh, God has picked the New England defense to stop falling for these trick plays. Yeah. They never did. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, oh, so bad because I, I like the, the the big prop bet. Like the, I I got most of my ones that I had I had parlayed with everything else and attached to this and attached to that and and bet on by itself. I got most of my big ones, which I mentioned earlier. The one big one I missed that I bet pretty much every year since its inception and will continue to bet. Uh, was the uh, will one team score three unanswered times, which I don't think that even came. Like, th- there was a moment where I think the Eagles, the Eagles might have scored twice in a row once. I'm actually they, looking they, at they, the uh, each team scored, looking at it right now. Each team scored twice in a row once, but uh, never got the ball back a third time to take it down. Uh, like, I wasn't even close. Would have needed to pick six. Because, yeah, for that basi- one well, yeah basically. Um, it's hard to win that prop bet if yeah. there's one punt. Exactly. It's really hard to <laughs> yeah. win that prop bet if there's one punt in the game. Yeah, the Eagles scored twice in a row two different times. Yeah. Uh, they scored twice in a row um, uh, to, at the end of the – like Alshon Jeffries 
touchdown, Garrett Blunt's touchdown were twice in a row, but they never got the ball back for the third time. And then the other time the Eagles scored twice in a row was the Zach Ertz touchdown followed by the Jake Elliott field goal, which, of course, they were never going to score the third time because there was no time in the game. Uh, The Patriots never scored. Oh, the Patriots scored twice in a row once. Um, The second time was the James White touchdown, uh, but obviously less than a minute and a half later, Nick Foles was catching a touchdown pass in Trey Burton. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, that that bet was never one that came really that close to paying ever. No, no. It, uh, yeah, usually that one comes through, but yeah, you, you, you hate to rely on the pick six for that to come through, but yeah. I, I needed that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not a, it's not a bet you're going to win in a game where one team punts and each team has one turnover. It's just, it, you're just not going to win that bet in a game like this. Yeah. Tom Brady did me a little favor getting it into like, cause my, my other big prop bet was, uh, Tom Brady over 25 and a half completions, which when we recorded that podcast, it was what Wednesday last week. By Friday, it was 27 and a half. So I like to think I single-handedly got that up a couple points yeah. there by, by uh, placing a lot of money on that one. And then Brady got the ball with with he was at 25 uh, receptions when they were in Hail Mary territory, right? And they had a fourth and ten, and I was just like, is this going to be the one time Tom Brady doesn't at least make the other team think about it, right? He, he gives it up. He, he throws four nope. straight incompletions, and then no, he... He got it to Amendola, and then Gronk got a couple of couple of twelve yard outs. So, just to put it away, he pushed it over to the twenty eight. So you got the twenty seven and a half too. So that that was a if you had the twenty seven and a half over under, that was a, a either good or bad for you right there. Gambling. Um, Jason Kelsey, I think, had my favorite uh, post game interview when he when he was. Uh, he, he was just telling, basically telling about how his, his parents, he was thinking of quitting because he was undrafted, right? And his parents told him, no, 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 you know, keep keep it together. And now he won the Super Bowl and stuff. And then and then he cussed into the microphone uh, when it was live. That was pretty cool when they were on the field. Um, uh, my my favorite postgame thing, and I, I'm trying to remember which Eagles player did it now, but I can't, I'm sorry. Uh, but one of them somehow got the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia title card and just had the gang wins the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, I yeah. I saw that one. <laughs> Kevin Hart getting stopped by security because he was drunk off his ass was pretty freaking hilarious, too. I don't know if you guys caught that. Yes, I did. Yeah, that was funny. And then he went on NFL Network and... Swore a little bit. Swore a little bit, and then they booted him off the stage. He was pretty freaking <laughs> drunk. Um, favorite commercial, Bill? Because this was your big moment here. Because like this is a Canadian podcast. This was the first year where they allowed the CRTC. Second allowed... year. Second year. I don't we we had it last year too. Yep. Wow, we man. had it last right. year too. So I'm way off. I thought this year was the first year that we got to see the American commercials. Yep. Uh, favorite commercial, uh, Bill. I don't know the ones. Let's see. I always like seeing Danny DeVito. I think everyone likes seeing Danny that DeVito. That was pretty good. The the Eminem, which yeah. reminded me of that old Seinfeld joke when he goes like. The Eminem should be you to George, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to me, it was clearly the Eli Manning, Odell yeah. Beckham, uh, Dirty Dancing. The Dirty Dancing thing. Yeah, that was incredible. Odell is like, and, and I was watching with like, uh, like I was watching with a group of seven or eight people. It wasn't mm-hmm. huge. 
but most of the people were not like big time football watchers. Like there was my wife, my brother-in-law and I, but everyone else in the room, not big time football watchers. But yeah, they were into that commercial. So it was the highlight of their night was the, was yeah, the Odell Beckham commercial. Yeah. Don't yeah that, ha- and, that and we all at a group has a collective pink under bet, which we hit. So we, that was one of the better moments of the nice, night too. Nice, yeah. And, yeah, and she, she, you know. She, she made it a sweat. She made it a sweat. It looked like bit? for a second, it looked like we were in trouble. I didn't think so because when she started brave, you had like a, there was like a yeah, 20 yeah, second yeah, cushion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She only got but I, I think like three, early right? on, like when she, like her cadence was slow enough that you're like, uh-oh, how's this going to go? Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was a tremendous uh, anthem. Yeah, um, it was great. Yeah, don't Eli and Odell have to do the Dirty Dancing celebration next year on their just once? Oh right? God, yes. The first touchdown they they hook up on yep. of the year, they have to do it, right? And like then, Eli's got to point at him and do the the, the finger toward. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Like, Odell and Eli make that happen for us next year, please, because yep. that, that was great stuff. Um, and that's now the best commercial a Manning brothers been in, which is saying something. Do you think so? I I still I still think it's football uh, on your phone. Football on your phone, yeah. Just football like, on your phone is pretty good stuff. Yeah, football. Just like their their weird like hips, like the way they changed their their gear throughout the, even though they were rapping poorly the entire time, right? It was just like the way they changed their gear and the fake wigs that they had. It was just yeah. At one point, Eli has a golden football and like the Alexander Graham Bell line. Just yeah, football on your phone for me. But that one's probably a close second. Is is. <laughs> the dirty dancing which was great stuff um timberlake for whatever reason caught a lot of flack for what i thought was a fine halftime performance yeah it didn't yeah. Understa- it didn't understand like it was fine it wasn't it wasn't like like you don't put i didn't like annals, the prince right? hologram i, I thought or that the, was ridiculous well, it wasn't a there's a lot of it was the, it was like whatever it was it doesn't matter thing yeah whatever. i still didn't care like yeah like that's just not something that prince would have been down with and True. i didn't like lighting up the city though in his symbol that was pretty yes cool. that was that yeah. was cool um i just i don't know i i just thought it was uninspired i didn't like it was just him most of the other times you'll have if it's like uh you know uh a current artist, a top 40 artist, you're going to have other top 40 artists will come and be part of the whole thing. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't my fave. Like, I, like it was fine to me. Like I just, I just didn't get why people were, were, yeah. people seemed to be tearing him down afterwards. And I'm like, it was fine. He went out there. He, he played sexy back and he played mirrors and he did that. And he did the cool thing with the microphone stand and they were wearing the, I forget what the hell it was called, where where you dress like you're homeless, but it's like homeless chic or something. That I'm I'm totally not into it. I forget. Ah, God, it's it's got some name, but it's obviously obviously I'm not cultured enough to know to remember the word. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just didn't understand the vitriol. I just instead of playing, uh, I would have got went with when doves cry instead of uh, until death or whichever that yeah. or, or which I forget the title of it. Yeah, but. It was a deeper cut, but yes. Yeah, definitely would have played Windows. Why don't Why not you kiss? Yeah, kiss would have been a good one too. Yeah, just any of the ones we suggested last week. But yeah, uh, yeah. little red Corvette could have gone with that one. Um, yeah, again, it was it was fine. If you were to rank like like that that Timberlake halftime performance is going to rank somewhere in the middle on the all time performances for me, probably on the lower. Half oh, I, I I I wouldn't uh, like like the lower half in the middle. I would say. No, I, I have a hard time with that. I, yeah, I, I think it might be. Well, okay, lower half in the middle, sure. Like, 
that's like I guess I can live with that. Right? Yeah. Like it's not I, like I just don't think it was like the like people were some people were saying worst halftime show of all time. And I yeah. Was just like, no. Hey. No. That said, Katy Perry better, Lady Gaga better for me both. Yeah. Um, Beyonce better. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruno recent, Mars. It's definitely the worst one of recent memory. I I, I would say, but it wasn't like trash. Is yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of build-up for the. It seems like there's more and more build-up every year for the halftime show, and it's like, mm-hmm. what is it, 25 minutes? Like you can only do so much. Yeah, and yes. he went the safe route too, right? Which is last time I was out here, I horribly botched this thing, and and I'm just gonna go. And he just played it safe. Yeah. He went out there, he played a couple songs, made sure to uh, message or you know reference Prince, and then yeah. took a selfie with the kid with some super braces. And, he had uh, focused yeah. the entire time on not taking anyone's boobs out, which mm-hmm. was hard for him. Exactly. Uh, did you think Janet was coming out at one point? No, she actually said the week before, she's like, I'm not performing that guy. She, she, I think uh, she's she's pissed about what happened still. still she's, pissed uh, at NFL. she's pissed at him. Understandable. Fair she enough, took a lot of, yeah. She took a lot of heat for that. True, yeah. They, yeah. She, there was a little bus throwing going underneath. There yeah. was one point where he came out, though, and some of the backup dancers had the, like, the, co- the combat hats that, like, Janet had in the, in the, uh, yeah. the one video. And he said something like, let me introduce you to, and I was like, oh my god, is Janet going to come out? And then nobody actually came out. I think he was just introducing them to the dancers, and I was like, oh, that, that was kind of a tease. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I fell for that. Um, yeah, anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I think I may have to wrap this up, because you may hear that I've got, uh, yeah, sure. got a crime baby situation. cameo appearance. Um, Bill, anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I think we covered just about everything. I'm looking forward to next year and shaking things up a bit. Hopefully my Vikings can get a little bit further. I think they'll be there. I'm very curious to see who the Vikings quarterback is next year. Yeah. That's going to be the most exciting, interesting thing that happens in the next two months. Yeah, so it'll be a while before we talk football, which sucks. Uh, we'll be back probably doing like, draft coverage and whatnot. Um, oh, hey, Charlotte, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's doing great. She's doing great. All right, um, yeah, so that's it. When that puts a wrap on, was it season three? Man, season three of football. Can't believe it. Here we go. So we'll be back for season four. Uh, Crossover Podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. And you can email us, contact at thecrossoverpodcast.com. I don't know what we're going to do next week. Perhaps Craig will be on to talk Bachelor. I don't know. We'll see. we'll see. Maybe this kid will still be crying. Who's to say? Yeah, who knows? Uh, oh, God. Um, for all of Ari's faults, I think he's got the right six women left. Yeah, I think he did okay. It's been a slow burn on The Bachelor this year. Also. And we definitely have to talk with our games. So, yeah. So, uh, who knows? We'll be back next week with something. And, uh, yeah, that'll be it. Uh, thank you very much, you guys. Congratulations on yet another season in the books in football to the three of us. And, all right. I'll talk to you guys when I talk to you next time. Yep. Later. Take care, everybody. Crossover.